Welcome to the Fitz Group Podcast for its members and our community at large. Our desire is to create a connection with our audience, communicate through seasons of transition, and empower you to make your business all you dreamed it would be. Join us now for the next episode of the story that will be told with our hosts, Fitz and Heather. Hey, welcome back. We are currently in our three-part series that we, uh, we stole from Brian Tracy. Uh, Seven Qualities of Master Achievers by Brian Tracy. Again, it's part of his uh, Success Mastery Academy, which is a seminar series that you can participate in. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not taking credit for this stuff. We're just kind of commentating on his points mm-hmm. uh, and making it relevant as we see it in our industry. Uh, if you missed last week, go back and watch it. We talked, number one, uh, the first quality of a master achiever is uh, they are ambitious. Uh, and then the second quality is they are courageous. Uh, so uh, go back and watch that and, or listen to it and, uh, and kind of gain from that. But today we're going to kick off with number three quality of master achiever. According to Brian Tracy, they are committed. Yep, they are committed. I think being committed really boils down to your belief in the opportunity and the people that you are associated with. Mm. Um, You know, we talk a lot around here about the importance of attending all meetings. Um, I think that this is what committed people do. They attend all the meetings Mm. because they recognize um, how important that is for the connection that they have with the team and the opportunity is to their future growth. So that's definitely a way that you could separate yourself today by just making that choice that I'm going to be on every single team call I have each week and every single FITS team call. And I'm going to be at all the major, uh, the quarterly seminars and be a part, be a part of the committed. You got to lean in. It'll also help you grow in your belief in what it is that you're doing, because the deeper that you believe in the people that you've surrounded yourself with, the deeper you believe in the opportunity. Look, I believe so deeply in the insurance industry. I believe so deeply in the, I'm so proud to be a part of this industry because it's such a unique anomaly out there. Like you hear people talking about, oh, it's a su- we need side hustles and we consider ourselves a side hustle. So I'm not saying that, but so many side hustles um, lack what we offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this awesome opportunity where you can go out there, m- make a very lucrative living off of if you'll make the dials and go see the clients and serve your clients. You can just make a very lucrative opportunity where you can pay off your credit card debt. You can have the extra money you need. But the opportunity is so deep in what it offers and, or um, advanced. It's your ability to grow a business. And our story is, that, that is our story. I mean, we came into this desperately needing an opportunity, a place to make money. Mm. We were in debt. We couldn't afford to buy cars. We couldn't afford rent. We couldn't afford electricity bills. We had credit card bills high. That was our story. We went, you went out and made sales. Yeah. And eventually we began to build a business. And then we were able to grow a successful business. Our children have never known anything. They've never known lack no. in any way. And because of this business, And now we became integrity partners. So it's easy for me to sell this because I believe it deeply. Yeah. So the committed believe deeply 
in what they are a part of in the opportunity. So now when I talk to somebody about what I do, it exudes from me naturally. And now they want to be a part of what I'm a part of. And that is what separates, again, separates that top 20%, those top achievers, is the commitment they feel in their heart. Yeah, I, I mean, when I think about committed, I go back to 1999, and I'm sitting in an insurance training seminar, and this, this old country boy, great at insurance, he said, boy, you want to know the difference between committed and involved? Look at your breakfast tomorrow morning. <laughs> when you look at the eggs, that chicken was involved. When you yes. look at your bacon... That pig was committed. committed. <laughs> I just remember at that point going, that makes a lot of sense. I get it. The, the pig literally gave his life for my breakfast. And uh, I'm thankful for that pig every day. Yes. Uh, but that is, that is the thing. And, and you, you nailed it. You've got to be committed. To, hey, w- listen, what we're doing is a good thing. If we don't take care of this, maybe nobody does. And that family's living under a bridge next month. Yeah. Um, and we got to believe that the carriers that we represent are awesome. Yeah. Um, and we got to believe that, that, the, that it's, it's a choice to believe this. If you're just getting started, it's a choice to believe that the, the phone script we gave you works. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a choice to believe that we're going to be behind you, supporting you, encouraging you all the way. That's a choice to believe. Belief isn't necessarily because of proof. It's a faith thing. Mm. And that's what being committed is about, is about believing that that stuff happens. Or maybe you've been at this a long time and they say, you know, the longer you're around a company, the, the more behind the veil you see. And it's really easy to get disenchanted because you see that, in fact, we're fallible. Mm. We're human. Everybody is. Everybody right. makes mistakes. And uh, you see that and you can kind of go, well, I mean, Fitz and Heather, they're not perfect. Okay, but can you believe just for a second that we want you to succeed? Right. Can you just believe that and be committed to, to doing the work? Anyway, we'll move on. That was point three. They are committed. Point four, they are professional. Um, you know, so often when I hear professional, well, when, I, when, I, when I think about this, I hear top producers not refer to themselves as insurance salespeople. They, they, don't, they don't talk about they Instead, they talk about being a consultant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, a, and a consultant is really what a great salesperson really is. Right. Uh, people ask me, what's your sales system? You know, I go, oh, man, the, every sales system is the same. If it's a good one, if it works, here's the sales system. You go meet somebody, you make a friend, you figure out how you can help them. Mm-hmm. That's the sales system. How you say things and all that sort of stuff is details, but that's the basic of the system. And if you are professional, then that comes out. A professional sits and asks questions and, and doesn't just come in and try to push something on somebody and sell it to them. Instead, they're, they're making sure that what their recommendations are are actually valid recommendations. You know, Brian Tracy didn't say this in his notes, but I think another piece of being professional is being on time. Hmm. Being on time. I sit in a doctor's office and I'm like, ah, oh, so it takes forever. They're always late, right? Always late. I'm always waiting. So unprofessional, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but when you show up on time for the appointment that you set with your client or with the agent that you said, I'm going to call you tomorrow at 1.30, when you call them at 1.30, I can't tell you how many times I've had people say to me, wow, you, you like called right on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what professionals do. And it's a really easy way for me to gain trust. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to do it at that time. And I did it at that time. That's what professionals do. Yeah. Well, I know personally, I don't like sales people because I don't, <laughs> it, when you're being sold, something's being done to you. Um, I like people who are, who do come in and consult with me and help me make a good decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just talked about that in the last podcast that we <laughs> did that I don't, I'm not great at making decisions. So I like 
people who consult me in that process. And I'm most impressed with people who are willing to admit that what they're offering might not be the best option for me. <laughs> Which sounds crazy, but that's typically they sell me in that moment. Mm. Um, I, mean, I know what happened when um, we were interviewing to where we were going to send our child to school, the very, when he, our oldest child, mm. we, you go in, we're, we, we were looking at private schools, so they do this whole interview system, I know it sounds nuts, but they do this interview <laughs> system to decide if they want you, but I'm also in there trying to decide, do I want them? Right. And I remember th I was arguing with a lady, like, I don't think there's one perfect way to school a child. In fact, that would be a ridiculous way of thinking. I just think you just need to know as a parent where your kid needs to go. And she just looked at me and she said, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and I am hoping and praying for you that you make the right decision for your child. And we left there and I was like, okay, my kid can go to school there. I just got like, sold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sold. But I think too often um, we do attack uh, this like we're trying to like sell someone instead of trying to right, understand where they are and what they actually need to make sure that we are providing a true benefit to our clients. We can proudly offer so many products that it is so easy to consult and find what it is that we need. Um, so being professional is so important. And the last thing is number five, not last, but the last one for the right now is that they are prepared. Mm. Number five, um, I'm gonna let you talk about this because honestly, you're much more. Well, I can remember, prepared. so back in the day, you know, back when I was in the field, um, initially I was, I was trained to use a rate guide and, and all sorts of stuff, do the math manually. And then soon after that, like 1999, 2000, a lot of insurance companies started using uh, software to run the quotes, which gave us more accurate quotes. But um, I didn't have a laptop. I was broke. I couldn't, and I thought, I can't afford a laptop. How can I make this happen without a laptop? So many people come on board today and they're like, I need a laptop. No, 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 no. You don't need a laptop. A laptop to me, now it is nice to have. I'm not going to say you shouldn't have one, but if you don't have the money, you don't need one. Instead, you're going to have to prepare ahead of time. And mm -hmm. to me, a laptop says that you're not going to think about it and prepare ahead of time. And instead, you're just going to go in and kind of wing it. Right. And so um, we just said a professional and you take the cons consultant role uh, when you're meeting with somebody, you make a friend and figure out how you can help them. Well, I thought about my appointments before I went. And often the night before I would stay up late um, and think, well, they might want this scenario. And I'd print up that illustration. They might, you know what, here's another scenario they might want. And I'd print up that illustration. They might want this other scenario and I'd print up a little illustration. Now I'd put little post notes on, I'd staple the illustrations together and I'd put post notes on it of what that illustration was. So then I could show it. I prepared ahead of time. Now, was it always perfect? No, no. I mean, I, there, there are situations that pop up in an appointment and there's no way you could have prepared for it. That's why we say, when in doubt, reach out. You know, when you're with a client, it's best to go ahead and reach out to a mentor or a manager or, or use our internal uh, messaging system to reach out to the agents and say, hey, what do you do here, right? Because things pop up. You can't prepare 100% of the time. But it speaks volumes to the client when you go in prepared. Mm. When, when you go in and you have thought about their situation as far as you know what their situation is, and you're prepared with that, it speaks volumes. I still believe, maybe I'm just, you know, 45 year old grandpa, old school. I really believe the laptop should, I mean, I really believe that should be the fallback position mm -hmm. because you didn't 
prepare for that scenario that just popped up. No problem. I got my laptop. We can figure it up. And, and eventually I did get a laptop and this thing was like, <laughs> it took 15 minutes to boot up. And it's funny. Like I remember clients making fun of me like, gosh, you really, they, I remember one couple, they said, you need to make this sale and go buy a laptop. <laughs> so they were encouraging me that, but, but you can overwhelm your clients with that preparedness. Like, wow, they thought about me. He thought, she thought about me. I'm going to do business with this person. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had a mentor in our life that has said winging it is not a strategy. <laughs> yes. But it also makes me think, isn't it Brian Tracy that wrote Speed of Trust? No, that's Stephen Covey's oh. son, Stephen Covey. Okay. Well, it makes me think of the Speed of Trust. All Actually, all of these do. Mm. Um, it's about building trust. All the little things you do to build trust with your clients that help you, again, move to the top 20% being a master achiever. Yep. So number three, they're committed. Number four, they're professional. Number five, they're prepared. Hey, great. we'll see you next week. Now that you know, you know. You know.